My sisters and brothers, the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus told his disciples this parable. A man going on a journey called in his servants and entrusted his possessions to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to a third one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. Immediately the one who received five talents went and traded with them and made another five. Likewise, the one who received two made another two. But the man who received one went off and dug a hole in the ground and buried his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants came back and settled accounts with them. The one who had received five talents came forward, bringing the additional five. He said, Master, you gave me five talents. See, I have made five more. His master said to him, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Since you were faithful in small matters, I will give you great responsibilities. Come, share your master's joy. Then the one who had received two talents also came forward and said, Master, you gave me two talents. See, I have made two more. His master said to him, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Since you were faithful in small matters, I will give you great responsibilities. Come, share my master's joy, your master's joy. Then the one who had received the one talent came forward and said, Master, I knew you were a demanding person, harvesting where you did not plant and gathering where you did not scatter. So out of fear, I went off and buried your talent in the ground. Here it is back. His master said to him in reply, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I did not plant and gather where I did not scatter. Should you not then have put my money in the bank so that I could have got it back with interest on my return? Now then, take the talent from him and give it to the one with ten. For to everyone who has, more will be given and he will grow rich. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And throw this useless servant into the darkness outside where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Something doesn't sit well with this parable. I have grown very suspicious of anything that ends with wailing and grinding of teeth. Somehow it doesn't seem consistent with the real message of the reign of God that Jesus came to bring. In fact, I find it very telling. And maybe it's a clue that at the start of this gospel reading, it doesn't say. Jesus said to his disciples, this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. Or he told them a parable to compare the reign of God to something. There is no mention at the beginning of this parable that it's talking about the reign of God. Rather, it seems strikingly like it is holding up a mirror to us, describing the reign of this world and the way we are used to doing things. It describes the status quo, the way human beings have always conducted business in the world, the way we value one another, the way we approach and see 
the way things are supposed to be. And I wonder if Jesus isn't saying, is this really the way you want it to be? It starts off with a hierarchy of abilities. Three men. Each with greater, each with different abilities, and they are judged to be better and worse. There is the man who has enough ability to be trusted with five talents. And then the one in the middle who has eh, sort of enough ability. He only gets two talents. And then there's the pathetic loser who gets one talent, hardly trusted at all. And who knows what inner messages that third man has always received about his inherent value in comparison with these other men who are always better than he is. It's the way it is. There's nothing I can do about it. Why even try? And of course, the whole system is set up to reinforce that. So right off the bat, it's describing a, a social system, a community, a, a way of life together in which some are considered more valuable than others. And some are disposable. And some matter. And some don't. And nowhere else in the teachings of Jesus does anything like that come about. It also tells us that our value is in what we can produce, not in who we are. And then it sets us in competition against each other so that there's going to be winners and losers and also rounds. So the one with five talents is clearly the winner of this competition. The one with the two talents is kind of allowed to hang around. The one who has no value whatsoever is discarded. And once again, that doesn't sound like the kingdom of heaven but it sure sounds like the reign of human beings on earth. And finally, the one with the one talent makes an excuse that he was afraid. And he's punished for being afraid. And nowhere in the reign of God does that happen. He's judged. He's condemned. Because somehow or another, he just doesn't measure up to the value system of this social organization that Jesus is describing in this parable. If it was a parable about the reign of God, it would start by reminding us that none of us is worth more than anyone else. Indeed, we are all priceless. And the way we find the ways we find to compare ourselves to one another is a human tendency, not a divine tendency. Yes, we have different gifts, but all those gifts are priceless and all matter and all are needed. And while it looks like someone has more gifts than others, those gifts are not worth more in the eyes of the one who created all of us. But gifts are meant to be shared not self-seeking and not self-serving. And so in the reign of God, it's not a competition of who wins and who loses. It's a matter of sharing and giving and receiving. 
And in the reign of God, things like fear and shame and loneliness and a, a sense of inadequacy are, are not so much condemned. They are not condemned. They are understood and appreciated and responded to so that they can be turned into trust and confidence and a willingness to share. I think if this were going to be a parable about what the reign of God was like, it might start the same way. A man was going on a journey and he distributed his property to others. But it was going to be about the reign of God. Those three men would have looked at one another and say, Together, we have eight talents. What can we do together to make the most of these eight talents? How do we call forth from one another and value one another such that we're not competing against each other, but we are working together for the good of all? And oh, by the way, I'm scared. And I know you're scared too rather than exploit one another's fear and competition against each other. What if we don't reassure one another that each of us matters and each of us is valued and each of us has something essential and important to contribute and we need each other. So why don't we put our talents together? Not to see who can get richer and who's gonna lose and who's going to be punished. But why don't we do this together and see if somehow or another, not only all three of us can win, but everyone around us that we are called to serve with our talents can win as well. Let's not have a place where we only value people for what they can produce and make or buy, where we're set in competition so that there are winners and losers and we're all going to eventually lose. And that somehow or another, those things that we feel are inadequate about us, join us together, motivate us to share, to gather, to hold one another and do all things together.